to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fullick. People, organizations, and communities need to prepare for and respond to natural and man-made disasters in a timely manner and in the most effective way possible. Our program examines what is being done before, during, and after a disaster and those unexpected events to keep you in the know. Disasters can happen to anyone. The question is, when will it happen to you? Now, here is your host, business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Fullick. Welcome to another episode of Preparing for the Unexpected. I'm your host, Alex Fullick, and as always, we like to talk about things related to disaster recovery, business continuity, COVID, crisis management, anything that's relatable to those topics, anything that helps you, your organization, or your community plan for, respond to, and overcome adverse situations. Uh, if there is a topic you'd like us to talk about on the show or you'd like to be a guest, please feel free. Send me an email uh, on YouTube. If you're watching in the details, there is a link, uh, should be a link there to my uh, LinkedIn profile. I am the only Alex Fullick on LinkedIn. And if you're on Voice America, you can go to the show's webpage uh, for the show. Underneath the graphic, there is a button that says send the host an email. And I do respond to everything I get. If you want to promote a product or service, feel free to reach out uh, that way and I can get you some uh, information on that as well. And today I'd like to thank everybody at Stone Road for uh, sponsoring today's show and their product, boastassessment.com, that allows you to go through, answer a bunch of questions and uh, do a self-assessment on your own program, find out where you are and align your resources appropriately. So thanks everyone there. Longtime listeners on the uh, Voice America show will know that I talked about uh, the Business Continuity Virtual World uh, Conference uh, held in November that I would be speaking, and that, fingers crossed, I'd have some of those speakers uh, come onto the show. Well, today, I'm lucky enough to have one of those speakers uh, on the show, and I like, and the uh, topic, by the way, was developing a BCM awareness campaign. So I'd like to welcome to the show, Matthias Rosenberg. Matthias, welcome to the show. Hi, Alex. Uh, yeah, welcome. Thank you for having me on your show. Um, great, pre- great pleasure. Well, I'm, I'm glad you uh, were able to find the time. Now, I know we've sent some emails back and forth, and you know, I, I know your, your bio, but uh, literally we have uh, listeners and watchers now because we're on both uh, Voice America and YouTube. Uh, literally around the globe. So could you take a minute or two and tell us about yourself? Yes, sure. Um, My name is Matthias Rosenberg. I'm a fellow of the Business Continuity Institute. So I've uh, served for them, uh, I mean, nearly 15, 16 years um, in in a row uh, in different uh, positions in different um, activities, Myself, uh, I've studied business administration somewhere in the 80s, I guess. Uh, it was in the 80s. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, my, my first job was at a company here in Hamburg, Germany, uh, called the Info AG. It's, uh, it was a public listed company to that time. And it was the first private, um, let's say, disaster recovery center here in Germany. So uh, I started my, my career there for three or four years. And then um, I worked for a consultancy company before I created my own company in 2000, which is uh, Control at AG in Hamburg. And in 2007, I've also started the second company, which is the BCM Academy here in Germany, which is a training company to educate people within uh, the companies, uh, not, um, not only how to implement, but also how to use tools, uh, let's say specific BIA tools or things like this in, in a very hands-on way, I would say. It's not only uh, a theoretical input. Right. That's the best way to learn, actually, do, yeah. right? Don't right. just show me, you know, you know, teach me and let me do, you know, so. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to the show, and I'm happy you uh, took the time out uh, to join us today. Yeah. Now, as I mentioned, your topic was, uh, I have to keep looking down to make sure I get the words right, developing a BCM awareness campaign. So, Mm -hmm. with awareness, and you talked about training, what's the difference between awareness and training? 
Is there a difference? Some people lump them together. Some people say they are completely different. What are your thoughts? Uh, it, it is different. <laughs> um, I, I would I would say it's different. Um, for me, awareness um, is um, how to get the right mindset within the company for a specific, let's say, program uh, you would like to introduce into your company. So uh, the first thing is uh, you need to understand how the company uh, works as a, let's say, uh, a business culture. It's not only having a hierarchy and that's uh, the culture. It's more how the people behave, what kind of company that, what's, in which countries are these um, uh, people active? So what, what is the mixture of different cultures within a company? First of all, that is the first step to understand this. And um, a training, uh, if, if you go to training, that is um, how you enable the people within these um, professional um, environment uh, to do their jobs. So if, if you bring an, a new thing, like let's say business continuity management here in Germany, a lot of companies, even big ones are starting right now with business continuity management. So first of all, you have to, to um, give them the knowledge that they really understand what they have to do in the job in terms of business continuity management. So first of all, awareness is understanding why we are doing things. And training is enabling the people within the company with uh, different roles to do the job. Okay, great. Now, in your presentation, you also talked about culture. And mm -hmm. there was a bunch of different kinds of culture. Um, what is organizational culture to you? Um, because I, I know some people will say, you know, culture is just the way an organization operates. But mm -hmm. I, I, I think it's, you know, a little bit more than that. So... Can you explain what uh, culture is? Sure, Alex. Uh, it, it is uh, much more than the, uh, um, the way people think that the people in the company work, especially the managers. In Germany, we have a very new thing here, uh, which is called the Agile Organization. I've not, <laughs> I'm not sure if you have heard that in, in, in your country as well. Mm -hmm. But managers here in, in Germany um, often listen to, let's say, the big force coming in the company, telling them that they have to have an agile uh, culture now because others uh, <clears throat> maybe uh, develop things faster than they and so on. And then the management say, oh, yeah, that's a cool idea. Let's uh, implement the agile culture in our company. And um, then they are running different workshop. And this is exactly the way how to not implement uh, new things in a company. So the very first thing what you should do is, first of all, you should understand what you implement. So you should ask yourself, is this a good idea for my company? If I'm an insurance company for hundreds of years uh, with a very hierarchical uh, structure with, with um very established processes and so on. And you suddenly say, yes, uh, I have a new uh, manager on top and now uh, we should change our complete mindset from one day to another because of one manager. Um, then yes, the people, let's say, pretend that they are following this new culture, but it is not really a culture shift. Culture shift means you first of all have to understand what what profession is it? Uh, what is the profession culture in, in total? Let's say banking and insurance is different than production um, and then different than logistics and so on. And then you have um, what I mentioned in the beginning, you have different countries with different cultures. So if, if you are uh, globally active as a company, then you have also to deal with the different uh, culture of the different countries. This is what you have to take into account if you create an awareness um, campaign to change or to, to adapt the existing culture to the new um, ideas. So this you have to take into account. Then you have to take into account 
for sure also the different um, divisions you have. Let's say a marketing department works completely different from its culture than, let's say, the IT department. It's it's. Uh, I'm not sure if if, if you have uh, had these uh, conversations with IT or with marketing. They are on different. Yeah, their focuses um, are are in completely different areas. Yeah, and 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 the way. Um, they communicate and um, they understand things are completely different normally. It's mm. not, uh, they are the same company, but they have completely different mindsets, uh, um, also ways to talk and so on. And this yeah. is all you have to take into account. I, I know it's sometimes a bit difficult, but if, if you don't take the time to really understand your company and the different cultures and uh, the last uh, thing uh, which you have to take into account is also the leadership culture so is it uh, management by fear is it management by we are a team or what kind of a culture do you have in your company um, uh, well that that leads me to an interesting uh, quest question here um, at the beginning you said you know some organizations they say yeah agile is a great uh, you know um, methodology, let's implement it, you know, and change their culture. But the people behind it aren't um, really agile themselves. You know, they aren't uh, adaptable to, to things. They're set in their rigid ways, you know, and it doesn't matter, you know, how long they've been in their position. You know, I've seen uh, millennials the same way, you know, and I've seen uh, seasoned veterans the same way. So how do you, how do you deal with that in a culture you know, where uh, something is being said versus what's actually happening, you know, that the two don't really align. Leadership is not really the kind of people they say they want their organization to be. Normally, when, when, when I try to, to create an awareness campaign, the first uh, level which I address is the top management level, especially here in business continuity management without... Uh, the backing from from the top management, you will not really implement uh, a functional business continuity management system. If they say, uh, yeah, let's do it somehow, but please don't make too much effort. Uh, I need a plan for whatever, the auditor or for someone, for a client, uh, but they don't really uh, see the benefit of um, having uh, a company which is prepared for the unexpected things which can happen, as we see right now. Um, mm -hmm. if, if, if you don't have that in the mindset of the top management, um, then it's really difficult to implement things like this in the company. And it's the same with, with Agile. When, when you're talking about Agile, normally the first thing what you should do is talking to the management and explain what it means that you don't need the, uh, the middle management in the future, that it's a complete shift in how to lead a company, that it's, uh, that it's more, let's say, uh, led by, by different teams, which also change by, um, on what they are working. Um, and if they really have understood this complete shift, because if they are not willing to um, transform their power to the to the people in the company, which is agile. Agile means um, it is not so different uh, if you are the guy which uh, earns the most of the money or the guy, let's say, in the reception. At the, at the end, everyone is a part of the company and uh, everyone has a voice and this voice has to be listened to. This means agile. So agile doesn't mean uh, this top-down approach. It means a complete shift in, in the whole mindset also of the management. And if they are not willing to, to do that, then I would recommend, that's how I do consulting, then I would recommend don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, it's I, I, the time. I, I recall an instance where uh, a vice president, you know, they, they wanted to change the culture, make it more open. And, you know, uh, um, and I guess part of that could be, you know, uh, using an agile mindset. You know, and uh, I remember them standing up in front of a whole bunch of people saying, you know, I have an open door policy. We're going to change the culture. And then when a couple of people wanted to actually talk to him, uh, they had to go through two or three different uh, administration uh, you know, assistants, you know, to get on his calendar, which was weeks and weeks away. And, yep. the, you know, they were like, well, you said you were his open door policy and yet we, we can't even talk to you. So, 
you know, yeah. what you're saying and what you're doing are com- two completely different things. Yeah, that, this, is, uh, <clears throat> this is a very good example. So um, sometimes I think they, they got their ideas from the golf course uh, for <laughs> someone else <laughs> telling them that they have implemented an agile organization and now they would like to do that the same way. It's as you may remember the, the uh, lean, uh, the lean thing, which, which was mm-hmm. one, as we yeah. say here in Germany, if you um, hunting a pick through, through the organization, this is coming from time to time. So it was lean. Now it's agile in the future is something else. Yeah, yeah. The only thing which is not uh, that uh, much promoted is business continuity management because it's much more complex and people, uh, I don't n- uh, name it, uh, People need to have more ex- experience uh, um, in implementing things, so it's not that easy and not that sexy. Um, yeah. Because you don't earn um, more money um, normally if you implement business continuity management. In, in situation like right uh, right now, I think companies which were well prepared uh, will see a benefit because they are still in business and doing business, while others. Um, struggling with even easy things like organizing laptops, um, mm-hmm. setting up the IT uh, and so on. So this, um, I think this is uh, something I hope will, will change in the, in the future with the next generations of managers. Um, hopefully they are not, especially here in Germany, sticking in these hierarchies and thinking power is... is um, is what I would like to have in my life, um, not understanding that they are only paid a bit better than the rest of the employees, but they are not better. That's right. Yeah. People. So. That, that's right. Yeah. You know, in, in, you know, the higher in the hierarchy, you have greater responsibility, but that doesn't mean you're a yeah. um, uh, a better person. It doesn't mean you yeah. have all the knowledge or all the skills. You know. No, and even and even companies just like Apple or Tesla, which have great leaders, maybe not the greatest people. Especially with Apple, was a complicated uh, guy. So from from what was reported, but uh, they were genius. Um, but at least it's not only the genius; it's the people in the company which earn the money for the company. And this is what right. what managers always should have in mind. It's not the managers that earn the money; it's the people in the company. So your employees and um, to to value these uh, um, employees uh, to to try to understand what they are thinking, try to take them with you if you would like to change things in the company, not to overwhelm them with new things and new ideas every whatever three years with a new idea um, is not the best way to lead a company. So first of all, it's asking what they need that they can make their work better and then um, call it as you like it. Uh, like if, if you like to have an agile company, with all the consequences, it's fine for me, but you have to really understand first. And the second thing is you have to ask your employees what they think of these ideas mm-hmm. because they, they have to live with that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They're the ones who are following through on it. <clears throat> and on that note, uh, we've come to the end of our first segment. We are talking yeah. with Messiah, sorry, <clears throat> Matthias Rosenberg. And his topic from the BCI Virtual World Conference, Developing a BCM Awareness Campaign. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Turn every weekend into a fun storytime adventure with Jesse Jameson and Friends. Each week, Jesse brings on a new guest with a great real-life story to share. And he tests the limits of some of his friends' storytelling abilities with fun questions and outrageous comments. If you have a story worth telling, you can be a part of the show, too. Listen to Jesse Jameson and Friends every Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. 
Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Welcome back to the show. We are talking with Matthias Rosenberg and his topic from the BCI uh, Virtual World Conference, Developing a BCM Awareness Campaign. Matthias, at the end of our uh, last segment, you brought up an interesting point about, you know, uh, <laughs> I like the analogy, actually, uh, people getting new ideas, leadership getting new ideas from the golf course, you know, and uh, you you uh, got me thinking about some incidents in my previous life where I worked for the hospitality industry, kitchen manager, general manager, et cetera, et cetera. And we, or I, worked for a restaurant chain at the time and the president you know, every six months would have a new idea for the mm-hmm. restaurant, you know, because he was in Florida and saw uh, something interesting at a restaurant down there or, you know, somewhere in Europe, you know, and uh, would bring it back. Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. And uh, every six months, something was changing in the restaurant. The menu was huge, you know, new equipment for the kitchen, but the kitchen couldn't expand anymore. You know, um, there, you know to work all this stuff, you had too many people on the, uh, the line, you know, where, where people cook that uh, it was frustrating to try and actually work back there. People couldn't uh, learn the menu because it was so huge, you know, and um, it, it made a quite, quite the mess of the restaurant. And uh, a couple of years later, because of that, um, the restaurant chain didn't exist anymore. So it was interesting, um, you know, your point of, you know, trying to change culture and you know, they learned it from seeing things uh, uh, in other places and it uh, gives detrimental uh, impacts eventually. You know, mm. in this case, the restaurant chain went under. Yeah. Optimizing to death. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move to uh, learning. You know, um, how yes. do people learn? And you, you talked about four learning personalities. Yeah, that's, uh, um, that's not my uh, intention. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not from me. It's uh, something which... I think a lot of people uh, know that, that people learn different. So you learn different than me. Uh, I learn different than my wife and so on. So different people have, um, uh, how to say, different um, preferences, what makes it easy for them to understand um, a new topic. And um, so when you create a training program, it, yeah, you can start, okay, making interview with everyone in the company, <laughs> what kind of a learning type is that person, uh, which would take a bit too long normally. Um, so what you should take into account is that there are these different uh, types existing, and I tell you now of the different types, and what you should try with the training program is um, addressing these different, um, let's say, um, preferences within your training program so that you don't fed them up with with slides and slides and slides but mix yeah. up the different uh, different um, possibilities to run a training so uh, these different these four different uh, learning personalities are the what is called the uh, auditory learning personality that means someone who is really good in learning by following someone who is telling um, a new topic, just like me. Hopefully not too, too boring, um, um, but in, in direct face-to-face um, interaction. That's, that's one uh, type. I think this is something which everyone knows from school. So you have a teacher, you sit in a, in a classroom. Hopefully uh, in the future we can do that again. <laughs> and um, yeah. Um, running uh, training, so interaction between uh, people. Um, then you have someone who is uh, good in visual learning. So 
visual learner can um, get the most out of uh, out of a new topic by following videos, for example. Uh, when when I for example, go in a, in a complete new industry. Let's say I go to a special glass production and I've never ever heard about how this works, how they create go uh, gorilla glass or something like this. Now, the first thing what I do is normally I go to YouTube and I watch <laughs> the production process and you can really nearly watch everything um, from glass to to cars, what are the different uh, steps in the production, which makes it then easier to to talk to clients if you understand in general um, how it works. So this is how I prepare myself um, with with videos. And other people are are very good in let's say um, running then e learnings, um, get uh, information out of these e learning things. Um, this is a visual learning personality, if you like. Then we have uh, people which are very good. Um, we talked about that in the beginning before we uh, made this interview. Uh, very good in uh, motoric learning, that thing, doing things. So someone explains uh, a topic and then I do it by myself. And this is how I can learn, for example, to run a BIA. is something you can read in the good practice guide or in books or um, following the new adaptive BCM, you don't have to do that anymore. Uh, things like this. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but if if you really do that by your by your own, you, you try it out, then you really learn um, what works and what what will not work um, um, in in a, in a practical approach. And then uh, the last uh, kind of learners are people which. Um, learn by communicating with other people. So you tell something to me, I understand it, and then I discuss it with, let's say, my uh, my colleagues, uh, or I try to explain it to my wife in the evening. Due to this uh, transformation from what I've heard to I try to explain it, I see where I have um, gaps in my understanding and uh, in my own words, creating content in my own words, what I understood from that is, is um, also a very good way for some people to, to learn. I think a combination of all these things is um, what you should keep in mind if you develop a training material. So you should have... Uh, theoretical input, you should have interactive uh, things like exercises, uh, practical, um, practical exercises, how to use different tools you, you're using in business continuity management. Then you have um, um, the chance to put the people in front of the others to explain content. What I normally do when I do trainings um, from day one, um, uh, on the second day, I simply give them sheets of paper where they write their questions on it. Then I get all these uh, questions and then I give them different questions and they, and they should answer this question from, from, their, from their colleagues. So it's a very interactive uh, process. They um, can write down where they still have questions in mind. So um, you can, can make it really um, um, a really a good mix without, um, let's say, spending thousands of, of Euro, euros or, or dollars. It is about uh, mixing up different kinds of contexts, be a bit creative to, to keep in mind that these, these different types of learners are there in your audience and that you have to address all of them. So you have to have a mixture within your training, not only... PowerPoint slides are only active uh, exercises. This must be a mixture of these things. You have to engage them. Yes. That'd be correct because um, I'm all of those, all four of those yeah. examples. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll read because I do a lot of reading. Yeah. You know, and if there's a point that um, I'm still stuck on, I don't quite get no matter how they explain it, you know, uh, or, or if I'm talking to somebody, you know, draw it out for me, map it out for me. So, you know, I, I can't quite understand what you're saying. Can you, you, you just kind of scribble it down and then I can see it, you know, so depending on what the situation is, mm -hmm. what, you know, what I'm able to absorb, some of the pieces that I can't absorb, I have to change the way 
you know, um, th- th- that I'm uh, learning that so that I can fill, like, use your word, fill that gap that I've identified. Yeah. You know. but I think that that's uh, very Im- important. S- sadly, it's uh, even in, in schools and even on universities, it's um, still not that... Um, not that way. Normally, when, when I remember when I uh, were at the university in Hamburg, it was uh, one guy somewhere <laughs> down there yeah. telling something, make some some maybe some notes on the on the board, but um, it was not interactive. I, I saw an, a new guy here in Germany. It is a mathematics professor yeah professor and he what he's doing now he is um also due to pandemic he is um recording his complete uh, lecture via video then he sends it directly in the beginning on the first day to all the students so everyone has a complete lecture for let's say three months and what he say then is watch it watch it on friday we meet every friday and you come with questions um, to these different lectures. What did you d- not understand? Then they do some, some exercises. So it's, um, it's, a, it's also a kind of a mixture. So he, right. he can, people which are faster can jump and, and go, go faster through the um, complete uh, topics. Some other which needs uh, more explaining can simply go back in the video, start again, go back, start again, yeah. until they um, they really understood it. And then on a, on a Friday, they have this interactive um, module where they can, um, yeah, answer uh, questions, um, doing exercises, things like this. So it's a very good concept, which also works now in the pandemic. So mm-hmm. most definitely. Idea. So let, let's move on a little bit. Some of this, I think you've kind of scratched the surface at, but learning, object, um, excuse me, learning objectives. Mm-hmm. What kind of objectives uh, should we consider, you know, in, in our learning? <laughs> um, the learning objective is normally the first thing what you should think about if you're creating a learning um, program or a training program. So, you should have a clear idea what the different roles you have, let's say for your business continuity program, what, what different um, addresses do I have uh, within my business continuity uh, management program. And then for each of these different um, group, you should define what is it exactly at the end, what they should know and understand. So let's say all the employees should have a general understanding why we are doing BCM. It's more kind of an awareness. So mindset, understanding why are we um, thinking about things like resilience in the company and so on. And then you have the people which should do things, let's say the business continuity coordinators within the departments, which are the helpers of the BC managers or the officer or however it is called. Um, They should have a deeper understanding of the BCM lifecycle of all the tools we are using. Maybe they are uh, in the future also able to run within their department, the BIA on their own, depending on the size and and complexity of the structure. So you define for these different groups, the, um, the objectives based on, on the role. And it should describe as precise as possible what should be the um, desired outcome after you have conducted a training? Otherwise, you are not able to check if, if, the, if the, let's say, objective is reached. Um, this is also something which is written in the ISO standard. So you should do a check. Uh, okay, I've run a training, and then I ask some questions, and can they answer the questions or not? It, it could have two different reasons why when they are not able to answer, you are not a good trainer. So you have to work on, on, on your training abilities, which is also a great outcome. So feedback to get from, from the people, feedback, how you explain things. Is it easy to understand or not? Um, do they think they, they now can run the BIA, for example, or not? Um, this 
should be crystal clear, not simply, ah, oh, this is a life cycle and these are the different phases and everyone in the company gets the same training on the same level. Now, that's interesting. Um, you just brought that up because I was thinking of that myself, that um, having been through, you know, training sessions or learning sessions, awareness sessions, whatever you want to call it, you know, lunch and learns and things like that, quite often, uh, it, it seems as though the person who's up there, you know, chatting away is more in a position where they are promoting themselves and what they do rather than taking that knowledge and skill out of their head and passing that on to somebody who needs to know it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, this is also what, what I've uh, seen often. And, um, it's good when the BC manager or whoever is responsible to run the training has a, a broad uh, knowledge that, that helps. But mm -hmm. it, it, it is not uh, mentioned because I'm an expert in, in some whatever matter uh, that I'm a good teacher on the other hand. Yeah, because yeah. a good teacher or especially in a, let's say, professional environment where we have people which have different jobs besides business continuity management. We have someone in the treasury, we have someone responsible for HR, they have their, their tasks, daily tasks. That's not business continuity management. So overwhelming them with all your knowledge, and this is a life cycle, uh, normally generates more, oh my goodness, uh, I don't want to have <laughs> yeah. uh, this guy around here anymore. Um, <laughs> then understanding, okay, uh, there is something which is called business continuity management, and my job in this task is this. Ex exactly explaining what we expect from, from the different um, people, different roles. Um, as I mentioned, uh, a coordinator needs more knowledge than, let's say, someone in a team which should uh, deliver uh, input for a BIA. This, this, these are different tasks. They do not necessarily need every single detail of understanding of the life cycle. Um, so I can reduce a training to whatever one and a half hour, which is then uh, enough for, for the department. And they, they have the complete understanding what's their job. Right. And then when, when we are going along the life cycle, we are going to the next step. And then when we are in the design phase, we explain what it is, what we would now like to know from the department. And that in the beginning, this is the BCM life cycle with all its complexity. This yeah. um, is not a good idea, I would say. Yeah, uh, and I've been through that. On, on that note, we've come to the end of our second segment. We're talking yeah. with Matthias Rosenberg today about his topic at the BCI uh, Virtual World Conference held in November 2020. And uh, we're talking about awareness programs. We'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Today, many doctors prescribe basic pharmaceuticals to their patients who aren't feeling well or have various aches or pains. Is this the right course of action for all patients? Definitely not. Find out about healthy, natural ways to help you feel your best by tuning in to the CBD Ed Show with host Edward Cheney. Ed will explain full-spectrum CBD, where the whole hemp plant can be used for treatment, and answer all of your questions about CBD and natural treatment in general. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. 
Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Welcome back. Today we are talking with Matthias Rosenberg about awareness programs. Uh, Lots of great information so far, Matthias. In this last little bit, um, can we talk about awareness itself, Uh, uh, the uh, strategy, and something you call educate, uh, sorry, edutainment? I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah, you you say it completely right. Um, Yes, um, let's talk about um, awareness awareness strategy, what it is, um, it's, it's not that difficult. Uh, at, at least it's uh, three things we should take into account. On, on one hand, it is um, the different uh, roles. So the level, which are the people which I would like to make aware of business continuity management um, during, let's say, an awareness campaign. And uh, before I go in, in, into more detail, I would uh, like to raise one point, which is it is not a one-time um, mm. effort you have to, to think about. It is uh, one essential part, as you know, the life cycles, it's in the, in the center. That means it's an ongoing process. So you have to somehow think about how can we implement these measures um, on a a day-to-day basis. So when people come to the company that on the first day on the onboarding process, they get the first touch with business continuity management until they leave the company. So uh, this this is uh, one thing. So you have the different um, roles which you would like to train with the company. Then you define um, fitting to this different role, the objective, which I should understand, and then you define um, uh, the time. So how much time do you need to, to um, transfer the uh, required knowledge for the different roles? So these are the three, let's say, things you have to keep in mind. And what you should think about um, has to do with the different people, the different cultures. What we talked about is how can we um, make it a bit exciting to, um, to transfer these um, basic understanding what is this uh, when we are talking about business continuity management, that it's not an IT issue, that it's a different thing uh, than, let's say, a pandemic plan and, uh, and so on. So that, that we explain a, a bit what it is uh, in a way that say um, that it's um, exciting for them to get more of the knowledge. So you you normally when you when you start an awareness campaign you don't overwhelm them with with everything in the beginning. So you right. you should try to make it like a like a um, like a commercial. Um, uh, on, on TV. So you, in the beginning, if you have a new product, you, you make people exciting, not telling everything. And then you are going uh, further down the road. If, if they get an, a general understanding, you mm-hmm. bring quizzes and so on. And edutainment um, is um, not simply seeing these, these different uh, things you can do a video here and on either and there. It's uh, trying to bring these things uh, together and telling kind of a story uh, over the time so that, that the people um, uh, become kind of an entertainment. So it's not only that they see, okay, I need to do this e-learning. They would like to do the e-learning because something in the e-learning is so interesting that they are responding in a positive way. So all you create in within awareness, always in the background, how can I design it <clears throat> in an entertaining way, which should fit to the organization. Once again, you cannot come with comics, let's say in a very formal organization, it must fit to the organization. But even in a formal organization, you can tell a story boring, or you can tell them that it's exciting to listen and that they are interested to get more knowledge about this topic. And this is um, about edutainment. So thinking of the awareness program in a way that it's uh, focused on the different roles, but always 
in mind, how can we tell the story in an entertaining way, that it's not the normal thing, um, that they fall asleep after five minutes or they simply are not interested in, in, in this uh, topic. They simply click through the e-learning where the end, mm. where the questions are, and yeah. then they are answering this, this uh, for question because it's so boring. So uh, and stay away. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing stay away from all that. Um, uh, where, where it's what's the best way to say it? doom and gloom? Yeah. Now, when it comes to business continuity, uh, you know, a lot of times, and you know, and I'm I I know you have experienced it. I just know from listening to you that you know some people it's just nothing but doom and gloom. You know, and then when that happens, people just tune out as well. It's like oh well, then what's the point? You know. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Therefore, it is very important, this is what I said at the beginning, you have to understand what is the audience you would like to tell a story. So is it all employees or is it a specific area, let's say the IT, what is ex exactly what we expect from the IT, so that you have content which fits to the audience and then the only thing what you have then to think about is how can we create the content as entertaining as possible, fitting to the culture for this specific group. So it, it makes, definitely, it makes more effort to create all these different kind of styles, let's say, within your awareness program. But the effect, if you do so, is much bigger on the organization. So if, if you take the time to create specific um, let's say target group specific uh, contents and ways to transform uh, to transfer them um, the material um, then the impact also on your business continuity program is much bigger so this I know this part is often seen as oh yeah let's do some trainings <clears throat> let's make an e-learning that's it then we have our awareness thing uh, made no it is not. It is also which which leads leads to all the other phases. For example, when you go to the validation phase and you say, "Oh, we're doing our testing," then you can use also the testing for awareness. For example, if you manipulate computers and think that they should not work at the uh, let's say alternate uh, location, so you sabotage some things to see what happens. Are they escalating so that even uh, tests and everything within the life cycle is more exciting? So you have to think about how to implement these things within your business continuity management system. You, you mentioned uh, something earlier that uh, awareness is ongoing. So as you um, implement your various uh, awareness pieces, you know, the onboarding piece, and then, you know, you take them to a new level. As you go through some of these pieces, and if awareness is ongoing, do you constantly revise your awareness program based yes. on some of the feedback or, or response <clears throat> you're getting yeah. in these yeah. sessions? Yeah, uh, even from the beginning. So if I create an awareness uh, program for a company, I don't do that in my in my office. I do that with the organization. So I get um, all the people together in a workshop and then we develop the content, the different target groups, the, the let's say media, which we would like to use to transfer knowledge. We see, uh, oh no, we, we are trying to identify gaps so from the, from the last life cycles, where are the gaps? Where are things good understood? And where do we have, uh, in general, uh, kind of a misconception in, in the heads of the people? Um, these things are taken into account. And every year, if we, if we are rising in the, in the let's say, uh, maturity of our business continuity program, then we have to do also something on the awareness program. Otherwise, it's getting not entertaining. It's getting boring. Because if people really understand what they are doing and you tell them every year the same thing within the awareness, it's like the, the fire exercise from school. You know, you go out um, and you go back and after three times, yeah, you fall asleep You're barely almost. paying attention, isn't it? Whatever, yeah. you know, I yeah. just follow that route yeah. you know, and not doing anything. So. Uh, just out of curiosity, um, what if your organization is changing? 
you know, you, uh, you've had mergers or an acquisition or you've <laughs> commissioned something, you know, um, you know, we only have a few minutes left. Do you take that into account in your awareness as well? Yeah, uh, absolutely. absolutely. Changes, that's a trigger for a change in your awareness program? Yeah, uh, back, back to the, the first part of our conversation, this is the very beginning. So if, if changes happen, if we merge, if we change the organization, buy companies or sell things, then we have to rethink the organization. What, what does it mean for the organizational culture? And this ha- we have to take mm-hmm. into account. Sure, sure, definitely. Okay. We only have a, uh, uh, less than three minutes left. Did you have any final thoughts on uh, awareness and uh, learning and culture? Um, I, I would say the, uh, the final thoughts of me are um, the things what I said in the beginning. So please take, take the time to understand your organization. What is it, how it really works, not the organizational diagram what are the people, mm. what, what makes the culture is, is not the diagram. It's what the people are thinking of the company, is what they are thinking of the management, is um, in general the mood of the people. So if they have reorganized four times a year and, then, and you come around with BCM, then you can imagine how um, happy they are with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> this you should take into account and uh, you don't stop awareness. So awareness is as the BCM lifecycle an ongoing activity, a very important activity, starting at the top level. Everything starts there, eh? Yeah. <laughs> well, Matthias, thanks very much for sharing your uh, skill and expertise and your time with us today. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure, Alex. You know, and uh, if you think of anything else with uh, awareness or learning, please feel free to reach out. We'll get you back and uh, We'll talk more. Cool. <laughs> you know, Have a great day. You too. And to everybody else who's listening and watching, stay prepared, everybody. Thank you for joining us for Preparing for the Unexpected. Please tune in for another edition featuring your host, Alex Bullock, next Thursday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you here next week.